0: Send us all your money. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. And we'll send you a free subscription for Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Absolutely free.
1: Going in for the shot. shot, It's game day. Austin
0: Matthews wins the game. Getting you set for the Leafs and Flyers. John
1: Tavares
2: with a hat
0: trick. This is the Leafs morning skate. Mitch Burner! sportsnet 590 the fan all right welcome to Lisa morning skate on sportsnet 590 that lightened things up a bit the stuff i was screaming in here andre d andre devo <laughs> andre devo and uh i get it uh, and anthony stewart sorry i'm just adjusting my volume here i'm playing with my knob i sometimes do that on this show
2: shout out to mike zigamans
0: mike zigamans yeah yeah new name there Where's
1: you his go. Man? he's been on tv lately i've seen oh, him in his new and suits and- you see you see him coming in here he forgot where he started he's living he his best he's, life
2: he's talking down to us all the time now he he's you know he's talking to, he's coming in here during the breaks he's telling stories about jeff merrick all the time got and- new juices
0: yeah yeah he does he's definitely got new juices <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt about that nice to see that you're uh, you're still on the fisherman's friends though.
1: yeah yeah that's because you
0: know, you're, you're getting you know you're going to develop coach voice you know that hey <laughs> Better than whiskey
1: nose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, You're going to develop coach voice. That's the worst, man. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, as we mentioned, his lease morning skate, least in the Philadelphia Flyers. The last time these teams faced each other, the Flyers had the lease buried. I think we all thought. And uh, the lease rallied in the third period for seven, five win. Um, that was a game guys were, I mean, Austin Matthews in the third period was, was a beast and he's kind of, I mean, he's kind of kept it rolling since then. Um, you know, and the numbers probably aren't that great cause he doesn't have any, any wingers who can score alongside him, but he's been a force in just about every game since then, it seems.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's playing great the last few and I i lo- I'm loving these, you know, seven, five, seven, six. It's probably given the coach a heart attack on the bench and uh, watching the game tape, but it's entertaining for the fans. But yeah, Matthews has been a few of the guys, Tavares, Matthews, Marners, they all been beasts lately.
0: Hmm be nice if uh I, I i i'm not gonna get into the whole be
1: nice if they can keep them under 30 shots a night
0: well that would be good
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was mentioning before in the season that you know this is the time where everything catches up so mm-hmm. if you're letting 30 35 shots they let in i think it was sorry 36 shots the other night catches up so i think anderson's playing a little bit fatigued and i think they really got to go the kawaii route and uh some load management for these last, uh, you know, this last stretch here because playoffs are coming real quick. And if you're tired, there's no excuses because Boston Bruins are coming and they're ready to go.
0: Yeah. And, and that, you know, one of the things, one yeah. of the things I, I kind of wonder about this is yeah, I think as fans and as media, sometimes we think there is a, there is a switch that you can flick for the playoffs, right? Playoffs are starting tonight. Okay. Now the games get serious. I, I don't the, know, man. For the, I
2: don't, for the first I, couple. For the, for the first couple, you could flick that Right, split. you can do that but, just on an emotion but, and intensity, yeah, right? But but it, it's going to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. It catches up to you pretty quick game, especially if you're a D or you're a physical player. It, it catches up to you uh, uh, game three, game four, game five. If you get into game six, seven, it's it's definitely a grind. So.
0: Like the idea that the Leafs are suddenly going to become a defensively responsible team in game one in Boston, that, that they're going to hold the Bruins <laughs> to 16 shots. Sixteen so, shots. That that's just not gonna happen, is well, it?
2: Seven five against Florida? I I don't think so.
1: But I mean. that's the thing. They can't try to shoot the lights out against these teams because, you know, Boston and, you know, Tampa Bay, they can match that firepower. And if you get past them, we lost in this conversation are the Capitals. You know, no one's really mentioned them at all, I think, when talking about Eastern Conference teams and defending defending champs. Defending champs. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be tough. They got to shore it up. Hopefully Garner comes back. He's healthy. He's ready to go, but it's going to be tough to just turn that switch on and go from letting in five a night to now, Hey, you know what? We're going to shore it up. Uh, you know, only give up 20, 25 shots and, and win these games two to one. It's going to be tough.
0: Um, so it, Brian Burke said this morning, made an interesting comment on in the starting line because a lot of the discussion in this city has been, well, Travis Dermott coming back, possibly coming back tonight is obviously a good thing. Uh, but man, oh man, uh, a lot of people really have got a lot of high hopes for Callie Rosen, don't they? I mean, it's almost as if Callie Rosen's gonna come in and and single handedly answer things. And I kinda like what Berkey said. You know, he said, you kinda hope the guys that are down in the AHL right now aren't as good as the guys you have up here because that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. You you would hope that if you've got a better defenseman down in the AHL he would be up here by now. I mean, the only caveat I would add is we know that Callie Rosen's been hurt for two weeks. So my sense, guys, is if he was healthy, he would have been up here a couple of weeks ago at least. But um, how much of a danger is there and just kind of, you know, here we are March 27th, 26th, 27th and we're boy we can't wait for Callie Rosen to get up here. <laughs> if I if, you know if I told you if I told you at the start of the I year that on March 27th the talking point would be oh thank god Callie Rosen's coming up. It's almost like when Jeez.
1: Ottawa sent Spezza down to the minors that one year and yes. he's coming back up yeah. for playoffs. But yeah. this just goes back to that trade deadline where I think they really dropped the ball in getting that depth. They could have added a McQuaid for cheap and that's a guy that you know he could be a a, a 6 seven, eight defenseman and he's a guy that you can plug in when You know, you have these injury problems, but guys in the A aren't going to come up and save the day. You got to rely on the guys that, you know, have been here for the whole entire year, you know, playing the system, being through the grind, in and out. So, again, it's different if it's a a top, top prospect, you know, first, second, third overall pick that's uh, down there on conditioning or some seasoning, but... Callie Rosen isn't going to win you the Stanley Cup,
2: and and I think it's I think this whole thing's kind of silly bringing him up now. He, he's a guy that he's probably going to be on the team next year. Why kill his confidence at this time of the year? Especially if you're going into playoffs, you're you're going in these games still matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if you're not going to make playoffs and you're looking at, at things for next year and who's going to keep their job and who's not and pair, pairings and stuff like that, but. Yeah. I just don't don't really understand. You know, you're putting a it's kind of putting a guy in a position to fail. You
1: know, and you're going to create a problem now with Oshaganov because he's been in and out. I would, you know, I would have yeah. given him, you know, ten games in a row. Let him play his back to back. See how he can actually do. You still have those questions with him, but they haven't really, you know, utilized him. He hasn't been playing that well. But you know, you got a Russian defenseman, big strong guy. You got to see what you have in him. Before now, you're you're playing the mind games, taking him in and out of the lineup, and now you're bringing in an a guy creating another uh, problem.
2: What do you think for him next year, playing back to Moscow or See what? See you later. Yeah. Play, he'll be Lufthansa. counting. He'll be He'll be counting his rubles. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have some rubles
0: he to count. He might pick too. up
1: Kobe on the way, but <laughs> yeah. Kobe's coming to Toronto. I told Ziggy, yeah. I tweeted him yesterday. I'm like, he's coming to Toronto. He's going to come to Toronto. he's going to come
0: to Toronto. Fulfill
1: to- his destiny of 30 goals that I predicted at the beginning of the year. <laughs> so I'm extending that prediction.
0: But Here's the question. If Kobe did come to Toronto, what line would mike babcock put him on fourth line <laughs> put him on the fourth line you'd have to put him on the
1: fourth line prove himself you to like you have a rush you have to put him on the first line first power play first first unit yeah, those it's guys are going have those a those guys problem. have a
2: serious advantage i mean they could threaten to go home any time, and you have to take them seriously because they could make just as much if not more money so you have but uh, no, I, I think they put Kovalchuk fourth line with just Connor Brown. They just he <laughs> he, he, he would just have Connor two. Brown. He He'd just line up two guys at the face off. Connor Brown and Kovalchuk.
0: Connor Brown really is
2: that's Bab's boy. Yeah, like, uh, uh, I've been watching the last few games and I'm trying to you know I, trying I, to find good. He's yeah. he's good in the penalty kill. I'll, yeah, I'll give him that. He, but I, I really like the N S Gauthier. Uh, more mm-hmm. line that that was a really good fourth line and and ns is capable of creating things himself he, he you know they mm-hmm. were they were more of a scoring threat with him out there and he just Ennis is in the press box now for playing well in my opinion yeah
0: yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's it's funny because i I used to play in rochester with uh it was a split between florida and buffalo Oh, and, i remember that so, pie it was there I and i would that. get called up i got called up I got sent down 10 times. So after the, the 25 games I played, I had zero goals, zero assists, zero pims, zero everything. So Clark MacArthur, who was at Buffalo, called me the ghost, the ghost man. So, you know, every time I'd walk by, he'd be like, Woo. <laughs> so that sort of reminds me. I haven't even looked at the stat line from last, uh, last game, but you, you look across the stat line and it's almost blank for Connor Brown. So when you're, you know, you're not scoring, you're not putting up points, You know, I learned the hard way. You gotta find a way to contribute. So again, he is playing some penalty kill. He is doing something, but. When you're not scoring, you have to find your mm. way to contribute.
2: It doesn't matter. He's the coach's son, and his check's clear. You know. You way, better hope that
1: you know we're, that Babcock doesn't find you in a back alley because it's going to be a big I'd, problem. I'd, well, I'd, maybe not. I'd, but I'd, I'd be, <laughs> he'll I'd give be, you a stern talking hey, to I'd, I'd him. <laughs> I'd, be,
2: I'd be fine with Babs, okay? I'm going to drop you, Devo. <laughs> no,
1: you're going to be banned from Harbor 60. No, no, the Lisa Salad. Yeah.
2: Um, the what? The Lisa Salad. That's how I always remember who the... The owner's name that w- was at Harbor 60 because okay. you look at it. Sound like you know, an elitist? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I've never guys. been there, by the way. And neither have I. It was a big date spot back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum wage.
0: <laughs> oh. I've never been to Harbor 60. No. No.
2: Really? No. Oh. No. A- yeah, we used to go all the time. I'm a
0: Red Lobster guy.
1: Oh. Sizzler. Have you ever been to Sizzler, Sizzler. California?
2: No, that's buffet. Uh, woo. Sizzler. That's 19.99. Ooh. All you can eat. That sounds even like ghetto for me. Yeah. I wouldn't be do to. <laughs> I want to be
1: able to do a sizzler. They're one of my title sponsors. So no- <laughs>
0: uh, shall we move on? Sizzler and FUBU. Sizzler and FUBU. <laughs> shall we move on? Uh, John Tavares has got a shot at 50 goals. And like I was on with Mike Seisberg this mor- morning, I said, wouldn't it be great if he got his 50th goal in Long Island? It's somehow. They could celebrate. They could they could give him a in, in nice a, round of applause. In a 13-12 score
2: Something for like the
0: that. Leafs. Yeah. Well, hopefully be... the Leafs. Hopefully the Leafs I wins. think
1: if he scored fifty in Long Island, they would give him a round of applause because again, there's yeah. nothing really? else you can say. He's been pretty good in the media. He hasn't really complained. He hasn't really took any shots after yeah, that. You know what? He's had the class. Now he comes in. It's almost like uh when Rocky went to Russia when he was fighting Drago and they <laughs> hated it up with the and then he beat... That he beat Drago and they gave him a round of oh, applause. Russians, I think oh, yeah. that's what it was. He will win the fans no, over. No, I, I think they'll throw live snakes at him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's you fair. know what? The, it. The, what, what? The day that he returned, I was watching Michael Kay's show on on Yes Network, and Michael made the point that there's one thing about, and you would know this having played in New York. One thing about Rangers and Islanders fans. The hate stays. Oh, if, yeah. If they, they, if, they, if they hate if, you. If yeah. if if. If you're a New York, and it seems to be especially with hockey, maybe less so with other sports, but if you're a New York athlete and you leave them, they they will hate you. I mean, they're not... John Tavares could could come back in six years and he'll still get his but ass booed there. It's not like it's, he it's went New to New, if they're, they're treating him as
1: if he went to the Rangers it, and uh, it's like, it's like it was a, he was doing a. New York, it is a New York thing. It's almost as yeah. if he yeah. he did the uh, the LeBron signing God. where he he did a big build up and then he had the two jerseys and he picked the New York. That's how they're treating this. He went home. He went home. Yeah. He produced. But it, but um, I see,
0: I
2: don't see it that way. I th- I think you played ten years there. I mean they brought it. they drafted him eight first years. overall whatever it is 8 years they made him insanely rich they made him a household name and then you leave I, I kind of get the, I it's his why right. why did he leave it's
1: he left because they had incompetent ownership they had incompetent management yeah. they had incompetent team they were obviously turning a corner but long term he didn't think that was the best decision Listen I, I- To come to the Leafs, hey, but
2: we, I love having him here. But I'm just saying, I, I understand why they're angry. I'd be kind of angry too if I, I draft Anthony Stewart first overall, and I pay you sixty million dollars over (laughs) seventy years or seventy eight years, and then you're like, hey, I'm going to the, the big dogs, the evil empire. See you later. You know, I, I'd be a little
1: angry. But I'd, I'd rather see, as opposed to the 50 goals, I'd rather see 100 points for. For Marner, because well, what's yeah. that going to do for contract negotiations? Well, he, he,
2: let's get serious. He's going to have – they're going to have to give him close to what they gave Matthews, if not the same. I, if I were his camp, I'd be saying, no, he's led your team twice now. He's going to get – he's probably going to have 100 points, let's be on or 90 points or whatever I did the is. math.
1: I did it. He was at one point one something points a game. So oh, he already he's has gonna, ninety. He's gonna be at ninety seven, I think.
2: Mm. So it, they're gonna have to. How do you how do you tell a guy who has ninety? You're, hey, you're ninety almost hundred points. Uh, you're gonna be the second highest paid guy in this team. It doesn't
0: work like that. Um, is this this free agency? I, I made this point and I took a little bit of grief on it uh, for it, which is good on the text line from people even from people who knew what they were talking about as well which is surprising but the point that um for the longest time one of the storylines here was trying you know, to become a little bit like Montreal in that guys from here you know, the idea that you would come back <laughs> play for the Leafs have a happy life have a good life off the ice everything would be fine you could you know you could go about your business The idea was that the microscope here was just it it was on you too much that you couldn't be happy here, and I think when when John Tavares came here, a lot of people said, okay, you know this is boy this is different than the island. You're you know you're going to be known absolutely everywhere here. He's handled it pretty well, can 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 very well. Can we finally put to rest the idea that it's a it's tough for a Toronto kid to come back here and play for the Leafs?
2: Well, John Tavares taking all the money now, so I mean, there's okay, somebody, there, there's you, you, well, there you, you go. Know, you, you can't, uh, you can't come back. No, no free agents can come back. But I, no, I, I you know, I, I kind of half agree with you. I think if you're a star in this, you market, think it's right. It's I, different. I, I, you know, I, I played here. I, my, my good buddy on the team was toscola and we couldn't go. You know, he had a couple of spots where he can go and kind of stay hidden, but for the most part, you know, he was a road
0: guy. He, either, no Boris papa bar here
2: no Boris Papa <laughs> bar here we'd just be right limelight spotlighted underground every time but but uh no I, I mean we, we'd go to dinner and and there'd be and he was a good guy there'd be a lineup of kids right mm-hmm. at dinner while we're right, uh, right while we we're eating um asking for his autograph and that's just the way it was. My good buddy Matt Stajan played here a long time yeah it was the exact same thing before I was even a leaf I'd, I'd come visit him and you know it was the same that he couldn't go anywhere. And that's just the market you play in, and and you you respect that. But I I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think just because Tavares signs here or or guys do well. I mean, if you sign in this market or Montreal or even Vancouver, I think you know what to expect. You're going to be noticed a
1: little bit when you're out and about. But I think, you know, what sets Tavares apart from the other guys that haven't had success that are from Toronto, he had a complete body of work. He had seven, eight productive years with some other guys. You know, they had one thirty goal season, and they, you know, came over here with the pressure thinking that that was going to be their role. So, right. again, prime example not to bring it up, Clarkson. He, you know, he had the one big yeah. year in New Jersey, and then he had all that pressure where he had to come in, and he's the next Wendell Clark. So, that's a lot of pressure on a player to fill those shoes. And then now with the media, you know, every single little move you make or mistake, it's going to end up on the front but, page. See, I, I
2: feel bad for Clarky though. Like, didn't you kind of, like, I, yes. I don't feel bad for him for the money, but, like, he was playing with Elias and and Kovalchuk when he scored all those goals and he was that star and then he came here and people expected it's him tough. to do it himself it's and, tough. and that's not the type and of player he was you know i
1: had an opportunity to sign and you know but they could have buried my contract on the way to burying five other contracts so that was a factor in in you know choosing a destination like this with the media with the tickets with the fans you know you, you got you know we're you know, I was out with, you know, Wayne Simmons and some other guys and, you know, they recognize you right away. So some guys, they don't like that lifestyle where you can't go anywhere without being recognized. So mm-hmm. uh, with Tavares, you know, he's almost like a politician. He's squeaky clean. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the rink. He goes home. You don't really see him out on the town. He's so I hiding. think he was a perfect. Yeah, he's in hiding. I don't know. He's <laughs> probably on the top of the Ritz or something. But- you
0: know, you know what, though? The thing, the thing, and I agree with you. Um. Especially with David Clarkson, I think I'm, I'm not going to mention names, but I don't think the front office did David Clarkson any favors no. when he was here too, because they, they painted th- him as
2: they threw him under the bus. A, the, you know, well, before, they, he, before he even signed, they, either they're promoting him to be this big, exactly. huge town, this Mitch Marner type guy that was going to get points no matter what, and. He, he's a he's a guy that could score goals around the net, but he, he was never yeah. going to be a 100-point guy on his own.
0: But what I was th- what I was thinking of with Tavares in a lot of ways, I think the pressure might have been on him more because he had such a big body of work. You know, you think John Tavares comes over here. Oh, what I don't know. Let's say he gets, I don't know, 21 goals. I mean, he's on a team with a lot of good forwards. He gets 21 goals, 39 points, 40 points, 61 points. People are going to look at that and go, God, a, you're paying all that money for that? Like I think the pressure on John Tavares to come here and score fifty. I mean, he's kind of done what he had to do.
1: But management probably predicted that, and when they were recruiting him with their pitch, they probably had a big sign: "Here's where you're going to play. Yeah, well, you're going to be playing with Mitch Marner, and Mitch Marner, he got Hyman. If he can get Hyman twenty goals, <laughs> he can get he you did. fifty goals. So got, that yeah. was part of it. That was yeah. calculated. If he was coming and he was playing with." You know uh, Anthony Stewart and uh, you know someone else. He, he might want to think twice about that, right? But he was put in a position to succeed where you know all the the boxes were checked and it was a uh, you know almost like a marriage made in heaven as mm-hmm. they would say. So,
2: well, uh, and I, I think but, I think the jury's out a little bit on your question still because wait till he has a bad year. He's not going to get 50 or 45 goals every year. So ne- so you're know, saying now year- he's raised
0: the bar. Yeah, bad well, thing, I'm he's just, raised the bar so high. Yeah, if he doesn't score 50 goals next year, it's going to be a failure. You've been around long, long yeah. enough in
2: this market. You know how things work. You know, you're only as good as your last year or your last game or, you know, people turn on you pretty quick. So let's yeah. just, jury still out on that.
0: I will say the thing that the, the, the thing that ultimately changes it is that the Leafs have a little bit of postseason success. If the Leafs don't have postseason success this year, then I think, well, you know, people are uh, – I, I still th- – I think people in the city still – they're at the point now where that's that's how they view this team. Is, it- but if
1: it doesn't work, who do they point the finger at? That's the question.
0: I mean uh, – It's uh, it's usually
1: I, the captain, but yeah. there's no captain, and that's another debate that we'll yeah, get around th- when Ziggy's here. No, I, <laughs> <coach>? I, <laughs> I think the coach is yeah, the easiest I think guy the coach right is now. The but he's already deflecting, saying, well, we don't really have the depth. I yeah, but you know, know. know what's interesting?
0: I don't think – from and I know you guys are on social media as well. I think there's less patience with Mike Babcock now than there has been in the oh, past. Oh, the grace period's definitely over. I, I think I mean, just in terms yeah. of the fan base, there's less there's less patience. Um, you know, the whole Kyle Dubas, I, I, I think the fan base, if, if, if this thing, if they don't make it out of the first round, the blame will be one on Babcock, two on whoever... Has the bad series or, I mean, whether Freddie Anderson doesn't have a great series and then three will be in the GM. I
2: think, I think Dubas will take heat the first time they get an injury to one of the stars that was a preventable injury. And, mm. what, and what I mean by that is the last game you saw, Stewie and I were talking about this uh, uh, before we came on. I couldn't believe it last game watching the Florida game when I saw Freddie Anderson. I think the score was 4-1. Yeah. And I saw Freddie Anderson get ran over and Justin Hall was out there. Yeah. Like, you go cross-check that guy in the face. Yeah. You know, you, you can't have that. He, Old he, NHL, new NHL. Yeah, he, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you you cross-check. Not even that. It's at least... You, you cross-check that guy in the face.
0: You let him know that you don't appreciate what yeah. just happened. Well,
2: you can't... He's your starting goalie. Yeah. He's your best player. Your, your team is going to live and die by him this year. Uh, whether they go one round or three rounds, it's going to be how well Anderson plays. And the guy's essentially fighting for a spot. Yep. And it's just nobody's, I I don't know what goes on in the room, but like Say nobody Kadri does. Said, if
1: Kadri does that, you know, to Rask and Char is out there, what's going to happen?
2: Well, go, go, through, go through it, though. Like, Janssen with McNabb in Vegas. Then you had Kadri with that kid in St. Louis. Yeah. And then you have, uh, you know, Ron he has got to stick up for Tavares. And then and then you have um, Matthews winning the boards awkwardly a little while ago. He said it wasn't dirty. I don't know. It was iffy. I mean, if I was on his team, mm-hmm. I would have been taking a run at that guy. And then now you have guys, like, running your goalie. And all I'm saying is I think Kyle Dubas is playing with fire a little bit because once one of these guys get hurt, that finger is going to point right to him. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you – this was preventable. This was predictable. Why didn't you – you know, I think he's playing with fire.
0: Um, Well, it's – as I said, I think the one thing Kyle Dubas has in his back pocket is you can always say – you know what? We're farther away than a lot of people thought we were. Yeah. and I think a large part of the fan base—I think a large part of the fan base, a smart part of the fan base—will look at it and go, "You know, I mean, they really—they've had to do a lot of heavy lifting." But, um, yeah, I, 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 I just don't know. You, know, there are times, and I understand the NHL's changed now, and I understand that we, we've always talked about this. What used to be. Qualify as toughness doesn't necessarily qualify as toughness, and what used to get you ne- an extra shift will now get you get you benched a lot of times. But um, I, I will say, watching Ron Hainsey the other day um, was it Tavares that was checked into the yeah. checked into the boards? <laughs> that I had an issue with that in that, and I appreciate Ron Hainsey doing that. But you know, I you, you mentioned Justin Hall. I, there are guys who who are. Just kind of on the fringe right now. Yeah. That's their, that's, with all due respect, that's an easy thing for him to do to score yeah. brownie so points. Imagine if he did that.
1: If he did that, he stepped up and beat him up. He'd just, be. The, he would be a Leaf legend for at least the next six, six weeks, right? <laughs> six Remember when hours. Muzzin came? Muzzin came, he threw yeah. a big hit, the whole yeah. Leafs nation. Oh, my God, he's a killer. So yeah, I just that's didn't the get lost it. art. That's the lost art where until it's underappreciated. coach where, moved him to the uh, You know, imagine if, Devo, yeah. you know, say you ran, you know, you ran Tavares and then Ron Hainsey came after you, you'd probably be laughing. You'd be like, okay, what are you going to do, buddy? You're not going to do anything. So it ha- they have to have that guy where, you know, he, he keeps the other team on edge. Like a guy like Ryan Reeves, he keeps the coaches. The coaches are on their toes behind the bench before the game <laughs> mm-hmm. because he's roughing them up. So <laughs> you, you, that part will never go go away. Where you know that there's a guy that at any given time he can you know go back to the old ways, the way things were as they would say. Right? So you it's need, just, you, you it's need ins- that, and it's that's insurance. It's that's car insurance. That's what I'm saying. And that's again, you got to balance that with someone that can skate. And play. Right. we're not saying it, get a guy it, that can play two and a half minutes, but your guys got to be able to play seven, eight minutes. And that's what you're doing right now with your fourth line and the GOAT. They're only playing seven minutes. They gotta find a way to contribute.
0: It might have it might have been it might have been Burke who said that, that you know, you still need that one guy. In the past you may have needed two or three. No, yeah. yeah when, you can't yeah. get away with that now, but you still do need that one guy.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. They're gonna have they're gonna have forty million plus dollars tied up in four, maybe five and it's probably gonna be $50 million, 50 million dollars time, in, in, in a couple of years' time tied up in five, six guys. Mm. You need to protect that. You need to protect those assets. And I just think there, there's one way Boston's going to play this team, and that's going to be to rough them up. And they don't have much. of is not the answer to that.
0: Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go offside, onside. We're going to talk about rude sports reporters. No names mentioned. It's Lee's Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. Demand, demand, demand. Now back to Leaf's morning skate on SportsNet 590 the Fan. Offside. Oh guys, five minutes each for fighting or onside. My goodness! Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. All right. They got some sad news we'll have to uh, talk about in a few minutes, but we'll do offside, onside first. We'll do offside, onside first. I talked about this in the first part of the show, actually. The, uh, and I, I wanted to get your take on it, because you guys have spent a lot of time in the in locker rooms, obviously. But the uh, Philadelphia Phillies told their writers yesterday... That they were not going to allow them to live text. I'm sorry to live tweet the coaches, managers, news conference, or, or player interviews. Um, needless to say, the resulting uh, storm uh, got the Phillies to change their uh, to change their minds in that. And they've they've said today that that after after uh, internal and external, after judging internal and external reaction, they basically decided that social media wins. That's essentially what it said. So uh, reporters will be able to live-tweet the, uh, the, the manager's interview session before the game and, and interviews with reporters but, or with players. But I want to ask you guys this. like, I, w- When the Phillies came out, of course, everybody gets upset about it. My first thought was, well, that's kind of good because it's kind of rude. And, you know, I don't like when guys are being interviewed and you know people are sitting there staring at their, at their iPhones and taking down exactly what the guy is saying without paying attention. Um, is there an etiquette in interviews? You guys, like, did that,
1: would that bother you? It would in the hockey world, but not in the baseball world. Yeah, Remember, these guys are in the clubhouse playing video games. We've got guys smashing TVs because they're playing too much. Pitchers, when they're not even, you know, it's their day off. They're on their phones in between innings. Yep. So it's a different dynamic for baseball where I can understand that they have that, uh, you know, they're on their phones and they're, you know, but again, for a hockey interview, they want players to sort of be, you know, non-vanilla and have, you know, good interviews but when you're sitting there not even paying attention to the question and and you're, you're answering you know just asking a, a basic mm-hmm. question that you don't even care for the answer it, it, it's tough to really give a thoughtful answer so i think it goes both ways where yeah. you actually if you take time to think about the question and actually care to hear the answer it makes for a better interview
0: i, I guess what i was going to say is i, I think social media has kind of ruined the art of the interview I and mean, i don't know how you feel about
1: yeah it. so i think You know the reporters; they. It's not about being right; it's about being first. They want to break the big story, and I think now that's how you get the term. That's how Mm -hmm. you get the term "fake news," where people are just putting whatever they hear out there and uh, just trying to get it out there as quick as possible. And that's where you know a lot of errors are. You know, yeah.
2: uh, I I noticed, like playing here, that there is a lot of uh, things that uh, guys said that would be like misquoted or, or. they they'd make them they'd put them in a bad light or, or mm-hmm. they they would make it mean things it didn't mean and I just think it, you know uh, social media spe- it's it's easier to to misquote guys or it's easier to make guys look bad or, or mm-hmm. make a story out of nothing so I, I don't mind social media but I th- I just think as a whole I think I uh, I think journalism as a whole there there has to be some some more accountability there, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to report things that are factual. I, I, I've had this conversation with my wife, especially after, uh, you know, everything that happened in Sweden and stuff. I I think there, there has to be some accountability in journalism. It's too easy these days to, to misquote people or tell false stories or, or make things up. So do I think banning social media is the answer? No. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, there, there has to be something.
0: What's the etiquette? I, I I know in hockey that I mean you have there's sort of the public changing area, right? But there's an area in the back. Uh, baseball, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you change if if you're talking to a teammate, you're in you're in the same place that you change. You know, you don't have a, necessarily have a room to go to. So you do see a lot of guys on social media in in the clubhouse. You see a lot of players on social media in the clubhouse were there any rules like i understand that this is things change hourly in social media but were there do's and don'ts
2: well you play in in, i remember when i was playing here in toronto guys used to get pissed with the media because after we we, we'd be sitting there in the dressing room for practice and obviously there's women reporters Mm -hmm. so you could only get dressed down to your pants or you could get down to your gitch but doing anything else you had to wait and after everybody would be interviewed, sometimes the media they'd all congregate and just hang out in the dressing yeah. room for another fifteen minutes. So you know you're yeah. especially after pregame skate, you're looking to do, do it. You want in, to get away, yeah, and get, exactly. Get do what you routine. need to do, and and, and, and I, I remember a lot of guys really complaining about that to the to the uh, to the rep or whoever was supposed to handle that. And
0: just, we used to call that playing defense. That guy, people would be scared of getting scooped. Yep. So you'd play, you'd play defense. You'd spend a lot of your time just kind of hanging around the locker room or the clubhouse, just because you wanted to see if one of the guys you were competing against was talking to yeah, another so and player. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know. But, no, I, I understand. I
0: mean, there's a job to do there, but I, I, I just, yeah, I just I, think sometimes yeah. it's sometimes you forget that you can be. Stuff that's rude, don't do it. <laughs> that's yeah. just the way I kind but of. But I think right they, I kind of look I think at what it.
1: they are trying to get away from is the phones beeping and going off in the yes. middle. Of the so I think that's more so what the policy is yeah. about. They like don't want. Torts.
2: Yeah, oh, <laughs> when I played in New York, we so when you walked into the uh, when you walked into the game room an MSG, there was a room to the side, and there it had your number on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, there's a little like board, and you had to put your phone in the slit, and he like. Really? We, the trainer would go in and look. At so those, you
0: could not take your phone you, into the dressing you,
2: room? You could not have your phone in the dressing room. It was like a, a big time And he find. there's sometimes guys forgot, mm-hmm.
1: and he find them. So I'm sure you know this story. There was a guy in the minors that he was going through a little bit of a, a domestic tiff with <laughs> his did, girlfriend. I did, yeah. So <laughs> I do know this story. He Every time he came off the ice, he would sort of sit like sideways on the bench um, away from everybody. And so guys, you know, eventually looked over. He had his phone on the bench texting his girlfriend during the game. I respect, I, I respect that. Where, did he, he, respect where did he keep it? He kept he, it in his he, pants. He, he like, he, tucked he, in between yeah, he, his he pants. He, like, slid a hole in the inside
2: of his pants. And he'd, he got – he wasn't very physical. Let's so, just say that. So okay.
1: that's, that's a true story. That I is, know.
2: yeah. I've, yeah, I've heard that.
0: Well, that's our offside, honestly. Put the phones
2: um, away. Yeah,
0: We do need, though uh, – we need to address – Particularly bad situation, Andrew, if you could give us the appropriate music. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to the show, you know that, I mean, I do have an affinity for anything that has to do with European hockey. I think it's great. The stories are great. Gentlemen here have played overseas, and, and it was through you, I believe, and, and, and you, Anthony, that I learned about Boris Papabar.
2: We spent a lot of money there.
0: In Yekaterinburg, Russia. So I went on the website. This is God's honest truth. I I went on the website like three weeks ago because I thought it would be fun to get (laughs) T-shirts, to order T-shirts. And I was going to present them to everybody. So I, you know, and we're in here today talking about it. Ashley Docking from the starting lineup comes in. We're we're talking about this. And I go on Boris Papa Bar. And what does it say on Boris Papa Bar's website? Niet. Permanently closed.
2: (laughs) Stewie and I left. You know, they, they, they could
0: So I'm going to go through my whole life without <laughs> having been able to experience. Well,
1: Jeff, the I'll tell you, you what. A I have a, I have a buddy that's still playing there, Nigel Dawes, so I will contact him and see if there's any remnants of the bar. Maybe he can get a piece of the door or something. Yeah. Or, <laughs> that would be good. That's right, Dawes, he is a there. A piece of yeah, uh, right. Russian vodka glass, maybe. And you, <laughs> and you made the point,
0: though, on, uh, off air. You said it's really rare that something would close down in Russia. <laughs> It's probably reopened as yeah, it's probably Boris re- Mama's bar. Yeah. bar or yeah, bo- and, bo- I, and you said it wasn't far from where uh, Vlad- Vladimir Putin lived. I yeah, don't want the rest yeah, of the well, story, uh, but you said it wasn't far from where Vladimir Putin lived. So we used to walk by.
2: Putin has a house in every like main city in Russia, and the governors live there when he's not in town. And walking back to like the main street, you'd have to walk by Putin's house. We, we used to do that quite a quite a bit. Shake the gate. <laughs>
0: That, boy, that sounds like fun. <laughs> was
2: it was no, it an Inebriated us. hockey <laughs> player shaking yeah. Vladimir Putin. no, it got us in trouble a couple times.
0: All right, well, that was good fun, anyhow. Sorry about Boris Papabar. That yeah. uh, it looks like a fun place based on some of the pictures on the website.
2: Well, we had some uh, we we had some good
1: times there.
0: How and about we open one
1: up, open one up in Toronto. Imagine that, a Boris Popa, Russians only. Well, how's that's not going to do us any good? Uh, Can you convert to Russian? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't think. I don't think I'd be accepted.
0: Uh, Trump stays in power, we'll all be Russian <laughs> in another couple of years. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, want to remind you, by the way, that uh, you can enter for a chance to be part of Sportsnet Live Stanley Cup Playoffs Hot Stove on April eighth at Sportsnet Grill. Uh, if you win your way in, you'll join Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman, Brian Burke, and Mark Savard to talk Stanley Cup Playoffs. Plus, those in attendance will have the chance to win multiple door prizes. And you can keep an eye on our contest and events page at sportsnet.ca slash 590 for your chance to be a part of the live studio audience. As we mentioned, Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey tonight. um, Leafs and Flyers. You know, Anthony, you talked about this a little bit uh, in the last segment. And I think, uh, Andre, we may have have talked about it a little earlier this week as well. But you you mentioned Freddie Anderson. And one of the things... That kind of intrigues me about how the how the Leafs are going to go about deciding how they use Freddie Anderson is. They're going to be their playoff situation is decided, but there are some games. They're going to be playing the Hurricanes. They're playing the Islanders. They're going to be playing teams that are jockeying for playoff position. Does Mike Babcock have to it? Is it his responsibility to play Freddie Anderson in the games that matter? Or does Mike Babcock just have to say, "Hey, you know, we got the one back to back. That's going to be Garrett Sparks. That's fine. I'm going to let Freddie Anderson decide at this point when he wants to play." How, how would you approach it? Because well, I think with the goalie, you let the goalie. How call would I the approach
1: ball. it, or how do I think they're going to approach it? Both. You know, Mike Babcock is is used to doing things his way. Uh, for lack of better words, he has the ego where you know it's sort of his way or the highway. So I don't think he's really going to be confiding in Freddie, saying, "Hey, what what do you want to do?" Because again, ultimately, he knows you know, at the end of this responsibility of the season, it's going to fall on his shoulders. So I think he's going to play him as many games as he sees fit. Um, Ideally, you know, I would try to give Sparks two, three games, maybe remaining, right? Regardless Mm -hmm. of the back-to-back situation, because Anderson's been overworked the last, you know, two months since he's come back from his injury, not just uh, in games played, but, with you know how many shots and the workload that he's seeing and again I was playing with Luongo where he was seeing 40 shots a night it wears on you it wears on you and you want your goalies going into the playoffs peaking not letting in you know five six four goal games uh you know every other game so I would give him a bit of a rest but who knows what they're gonna do, do you
0: start tonight you start Garrett Sparks tonight
1: no, I would I'd wait for the, when's their next
2: back-to-back? They have uh, one more back-to-back. Pump, pump, yeah. I, I would play Sparks, the whatever the back-to-back and is. And let Freddie play every let, other game. That, that would give Freddie like almost would, like a, almost a week off. But I would game. do it
1: based on how his past performance was. If he played, like, again, he let in five goals. You know what? He's looking a little bit tired. Then you put Sparks in tonight. So. Yeah, but
2: you, you, know, you know the real deal. I mean, I think Berkey made a good point uh, the other day on air when he talked about giving guys practice days off. I mean, that's where, you know, pre- I think, I think, you give guys, you take, let them take some game days off, but practice days are a lot of times harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think you give them a few days off here and there, and that that's when things will make a big difference. I think.
0: And one of the things Mike Babcock said as well is, look, it's not like the regular season finishes and you go right into the playoffs a day later. You you have a couple of days exactly in between yeah. to, uh, to to rest up to rest up if you need. What would to- you
2: do with marlo we do, uh, you know. I think the, you leave uh, it up to him, right? Uh, you, you know, you, what? you gotta respect him enough to say, "Hey, this is what we think." But whatever you want to do, that's what we'll do. But
0: what is he gonna do for you in the playoffs that would be adversely affected by having him play every game the rest of the way? Like, you, you know, with all due respect to Patrick I it's not like you're interrupting a scoring streak. No, you know, I would let him play every game if the you know if that record means something to him, and I think it does. I would let him play every game. It doesn't mean that I'd give him the same number of minutes, but he's, you know, he's going to be my third line guy. And at times, it wouldn't surprise me and especially in a playoff series against Boston if you don't see him bounced up a little bit to play in the second line every now and then just because, because he does have, I guess a little bit of an element of the physicality of the game. The thing that really intrigues me is Ron Hainsey because I, you know, we I'm amazed at what I see from him every night. Like I, I just am, you know, there are games where he does not, and we've seen those games where he does not have a great game, but on balance, I don't know if people in this city appreciate him enough.
1: Yeah. He's almost, I, I hate to use a term. Like he's a puck moving defense, but he's moving the puck. He's playing physical. He's on the penalty kill. He's doing that leadership role. So I mentioned before, every team needs a Ron Hainsey. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, I think he's played his way into another contract. Um, the oh, way, I, he, the yeah. way that he's been playing and performing, um, and, you know, we keep talking, oh, he's, he's hurting the team, he's hurting the team, he was at, uh, you know, leading in plus minus in the league for a little bit, he just uh, got to throne, but he's playing a solid 20 minutes a night where we thought, hey, he needs to be a 13-14 minute, so mm-hmm. he's, not, he's eating those minutes up, which is taking the pressure off some other guys, because um, he, do we want to see him on a top pairing? Maybe not I'll on a Stanley Cup team, but
0: he's where, performing, he's doing, his, he's doing his job. Where would they be without him? Well, Ry- I
2: mean, <laughs> you you would have a lot more minuses, on, uh, especially with Riley wouldn't be able to jump up in the play as much. I mean, that that's a big reason why Morgan Riley has been capable of doing what he's done this year is because he knows jumping up. He's got a guy like Hainsey back there. But, it, you know, it's a thankless job. Nobody really notices that a lot of times in hockey.
0: No, I, I, just, I just find that, um, you know, Ron Hainsey in a lot of ways for a lot of people becomes what's wrong with this team or has become what's wrong with this team that he can log in that many minutes but you know, my feeling in that is i certainly don't blame ron hainsey for the fact that he's nope. playing the number of minutes the coach the coach has given him but that that's the guy i would be concerned about going into the playoffs that's a, especially if you go especially if you go on a long run
2: give him a couple of days you know what's the sense now I, I, you know I don't, I don't even think this is a debate i have two problems with I don't like the term load management. I mean, why not just call it rest? But then the other mm-hmm. thing, like, why is this even a debate? Like, if who invented it, that term? Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's the, like when they started saying the NBA. Uh, It's they, like,
1: no, oh, who in sportsnet <coughs> invented? Someone yeah, invented that somebody, term. Yeah. No, no, no. The <laughs> NBA. That and, and, you know they had like, a big board meeting yeah. about it. Load load management.
2: management. You know, but like it's like the same thing where we used to say like hockey, or the the new things like hockey IQ instead of just saying vision. But that's guy. the worst <laughs> thing as you know, a hockey like, player.
1: Remember when you you know you get the day off. A day and a half two days off when you come back on the ice that's the worst feeling those first 20 minutes on the ice when you just get back you're just bagged I so know. yeah it's it's tough to sit out as a hockey player and been active because unless you're on the ice performing every day it's tough to get back into that quote-unquote game shape and you can lose it pretty
2: quick. But you know you, you know you're you're a veteran that you know usually the coach just gives you some optionals and you could go on literally for five minutes and touch the pot question the have you
1: ever taken the option after being healthy scratched would you ever have the gall to do that? I, I played with guys that have done that. They, they oh, really? Would take the never, option yeah. at,
0: oh, come on! <laughs> no, I'm not uh, going
1: to say uh, who. Yeah. But guys have done that. I see.
0: <laughs> I would
2: have. I would have nev- never. Like, I would have never had the balls to do that. <laughs> no, no, no way. I would have
0: had the balls oh, to do that. Is but really I, but good. I,
2: I did have Tortorella as a coach. Well, Could you imagine? True. Oh, Could you imagine that? He would come to your. He would come to your house.
0: Buddy. Oh, he would not. Would he come to your
2: house? I. There was one time he let me off for something, and that was when um, I sh- in training camp, he'd give this speech about if you're late, don't come on the ice, and he gives you like 10 minutes to like get dressed between, not even, you're mm-hmm. like basically sprinting to get dressed, and I looked, uh, I go, I was dressing in the main room that day, and I look in my stall, and Glenn Saylor's sitting there, Yeah. so like I can't ask Slats to move, <laughs> you know, so like I'm waiting, I'm waiting, Slats isn't moving, he's just like staring at the wall in my stall, so I finally went and got the trainer, and hey, like you got to get my equipment. And I, I show up on the ice. The, the boys are doing the Indy 500. I show up on the ice late and torch skates right. Out. Where were you? It's like Slats was in my seat. I'm sorry. Did you just...
1: see Slats in the press box the other night? Oh, with a hat. That's what made Lookin me like that? looking like a Dick Tracy. Uh, you know, <laughs> he had yeah. the cigar. He, had... Hey, yeah. he Oh, he
0: looked. <laughs> he was styling. Slats is some of the. Well, I can. Some of the things he used to wear behind the bench were outstanding. <laughs> he was a colorful guy. Yeah. Anyhow, so so what happened? Very so quickly? T-
2: Torch looked at me
0: and he's like, he, he was
2: like, he wanted to yell, and then he thought about it. and He's just like, tell him to move next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and your response was, "You tell uh, him to just, move." Yeah. that was fun. Uh, that's it for Leafs morning skate. Don't forget Leafs and uh, Flyers. We mentioned that tonight. Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. And uh, when we come back, we'll go to the bullpen. Kevin Barker comes in. These gentlemen will leave me. Baseball Central's next. on of course, an F590 fan.